Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a monthly podcast I do in two variants. First of all, I do it as a visual here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, where honestly, there's not too much to it. It's mostly just going to be audio. However, I have my photo like for the channel and such on the background, and I have a cool looking visualizer there. At least I think it's cool looking. And this is in podcast form, like an actual audio only podcast. You can simply look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app or platform, and it should hopefully be available. Now, we're not on all major podcasting apps and platforms, but we're on most of them, at least. So this is really just a second podcast I do, with my main one being Mod Chat, but this second one is kind of just where I talk about whatever the hell I want to. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't, and for the most part, I've been pretty good about alternating. I try and do it so every other month we go either solo or we have a guest on here. And this month for September 2021, we do have a guest on. Uh, this guy I've known for several years, and if anybody has been familiar with the Xbox 360 modding scene, uh, you've probably been at least aware of his work, his tools, some of the awesome contributions he's made. So, I mean, without further ado, to my guest here, who the hell are you? Uh, I am Element. I am um, a hardware designer, uh, really console modding enthusiast. Right on, right on. Well, Element, thank you very much for joining up. Yeah, not a problem. Glad to be here. <laughs> so you also go by, I mean, your actual shop, because I'm sure some people might be confused by the title. You also go by the mod shop as well, right? That's like Correct. your main business thing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yes. So we, it can be interchangeable, but just for anyone's confusion, we're going to be referring to you as Element for this. Sounds good to me. Yeah, perfect. So, I mean... Uh, really uh, element who exactly are you and how do we really know each other at this point man honestly it's uh i've been doing 360 stuff for a long time and uh i know you have as well and i think we linked up a while back uh really through your videos the modding tutorials you used to do all right all right all right yeah and i used to i mean i know i still do them but i need to it's been a while since i've been th on 360 okay I need to <laughs> which like I, it's it's just the public thing like a few weeks like two weeks ago i took apart an xbox 360 i still got it in my veins <laughs> yeah. oh that's hilarious yeah i i think you hit me up about it was the um the viper wasn't it um yeah the v1 Yes, yes, which that is actually still my main system. That's my Trinity that I have hooked up really? in my game room and That's everything. Really? That's funny. Yeah. Well, the funny thing as well, too, about it is that, like, shout out to Octal or Josh. Like, I love the dude, <laughs> but he'll just be like, hey, Mario, can you test something? And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> so that's the go-to system. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't like it being the go-to system because, like, here's the thing. I guess I'm maybe one of the few or like the only people he knows who has a v1 viper trendy so i'm happy to test the thing right. is i'm just like well that's my main system so like i gotta go there and I, it's not like i just have it in parts all the time it's like when i'm done testing i put it all back together i put it in the entertainment center i'm like cool i'm gonna <laughs> use this thing again right <laughs> yeah I, I i don't have any other guinea pig. i mean i mean i have other guinea pig systems but that's like the one specific one that octo contacts me about and i'm just like my dude, this is my main system. So like typically some like again, shout out to him, but there's sometimes you'll hit me up. I'm like, just give me like a week or two. All right. I just, I need to build up to it. And I, I'm, I'm busy doing other things. Yeah. I hear you. I've got a, uh, a system that I dedicate just for testing and oh, uh, gotcha. it gets used a lot by him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I, I, and now I'm curious, what is your testing bed? Like your test bed system? 
Uh, it's really just a uh, a dual nand um, trinity. That's it. Okay. And okay. It just, Is that a, it's uh, Frankenstein, Viper... pretty much. Gotcha. Viper V two. Yeah. Of course. Gotcha. And well. <laughs> Even with that, okay, okay. So you're saying Frankenstein? How is it Frankenstein? It's just open and it's got wires soldered to it and stuff. It's um, not in the greatest shape. It's not really presentable, but uh, <laughs> as as a test console. Sure, sure. But like, it gets the job done. And for testing, yeah, exactly. it doesn't need to be pretty. It just needs to be functional. So honestly, it just sounds like you have a few shortcuts right there that make it easy when you need to do testing. That's it. Yeah, exactly. As perfect as that, so it works out. Yeah, I, I mean, even uh, with this, though, because that's how we had known each other, at least, um, you contacted me about uh, doing a kind of a review tutorial and everything, where for anybody who doesn't know, um, this is for the Xbox 360, where it was a reset glitch hack system that we worked on. You sent me a console, you sent me a, a V3, I think, X360 Ace uh, chip, yes. and then the Viper V1, which is a dual NAND solution, which pretty much means i remember like you know it's been a while but shout out to johnny guns he used to advertise that oh, as it's man. pretty much two systems in one. Oh, dude yeah you, you remember him right <laughs> definitely the best tutorials dude. hands down they were so professional oh my god do you we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna freak out about this but <laughs> i i think even i told him when i used to talk to him pretty regularly i told him that i thought uh i thought he actually worked for team executor because his tutorials were just that good, and apparently yeah, it kind of came off that way. It, it, they did, yeah. And then apparently they had to come out, and they were just like, "Hey, no, we we really support Johnny's work. Like he's doing a fantastic job, but he is he he is not a part of Team Executor." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I think at one point they even uh, they made him a mod, and then also just started pinning his videos because they were so just spot on. Gotcha. I slight correction i don't think he was a moderator i think he became a super user on there whatever whatever okay. that like the vip status was on the forums um right and okay then, then yes i know they always posted his videos they liked his content and i think the other thing was um for a while he told me uh when x consoles was still a thing he was on like the vip list which just meant that pretty much any new hardware you just got sent to you for free right okay that's pretty yeah. cool yeah, yeah 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 but oh god yeah no he was he was definitely a big inspiration i remember actually like there is one video where it's it's down now because he took off so much content from his channel but um dude i remember it was like december it was like november Dece i want to say it was december 2011 and i was like in the midst of studying for finals and everything and i just took like a youtube break and i saw a video from him and it said mr mario in the title and i'm like oh god what did i do did i piss this guy off because he was no because he was like a giant inspiration for me and at the time i had a few yeah. hundred subscribers he had like maybe two thousand something like that and i remember i just freaked the hell out because he pretty much just dedicated a section to his video where he was just like oh yeah i want to shout out this guy mr mario here he's a uh, i've been, been watching his channel make me lately he uh he makes some really good videos really good tutorials and i just wanted to recommend him i like his stuff and i even i think like i left a comment pretty much freaking out and then like i even made a video and i'm just like johnny thank <laughs> you so much like i didn't know i was just studying it then like look my name is right here and that was like my first big shout out i feel like because like it, it wasn't just that he was a bigger channel it's that you know right. in the niche of xbox 360 modding 10 mm -hmm. years ago i mean 2000 subscribers was absolutely huge yeah and uh then even with all that as well too it's just like he was an inspiration like for right. me to actually better my own content so it was it was a really huge and like just very wholesome pat on the back yeah i do i think i vaguely remember that it's just uh <laughs> man his 
his videos were just next level, especially for the time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Like even now they would still hold up incredibly well. Oh, definitely. But yes, like back then it's just like, oh, my God, wait, you're not like pointing like a camera at your CRT in your garage. <laughs> right. You actually have nice audio. And just, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it was the commentary. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was the damn radio voice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. For anybody, like, if anybody's listening, just, like, you can check out, it's, uh, I think his, I think he just goes by John Jacobs now on YouTube, but it's J-O-N-J-A-C-O-B-S, and oh, oh my god, his his voice is butter. Oh, really? Yeah, I, would you remember his voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's Oh, oh, I misheard you. No, yeah, I got you. Oh, I did you think I was, yeah. Do you think I was saying yeah. something else? Like insulting I thought you were or saying that it doesn't sound the same anymore. No, 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 no. His <laughs> voice is still. That's just. I've talked to him so many times. That's his natural speaking voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good God! But dude, that was that was a fun time for the scene though, because that was around Definitely. the time. Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Like that was when JTAGs were still incredibly expensive, hard to come by, and then this weird reset glitch hack thing that was kind of reliable but it was a weird timing glitch thing released and that Definitely. just blew everything wide open yep yeah actually when did you uh when did you hop into it all uh probably um i want to say around 2010 i was doing consoles for me and some friends and okay. then uh really just kind of jumped into it a little more after that and here i am now kind of like okay. a daily thing <laughs> i mean so many years later i element how, how do i say this can you explain what you do a little bit more because like I, I like i i appreciate it like you are sounding so humble right now but i'm sure there's people who are just like what is this what does this guy do uh so mainly um really i just try and develop hardware for the 360 stuff that piques my interest and um hopefully others as well uh, but what I do through the shop mostly is uh, I RG8 systems, right? Mm -hmm. So um, really just whatever hack or exploit is available at the time. Like currently, uh, RGH 1.2 was just released. So I've been kind of messing with that as everybody has while it's in uh, beta. Oh, and, you're talking uh, about for the, for the Slims, right? Right, right. Yes. Yeah, I should have clarified that. All good. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just kind of... Um, a daily thing right now especially with the uh this whole revamped mod that's going around uh people are going crazy for it so it's keeping mm -hmm. me pretty busy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for anybody who doesn't know that's pretty much was it is it uh ncaa football 14 am i mixing uh, yeah up? no that's that's exactly okay it. dude uh, i don't know college football sports. 14 <laughs> yes yeah yeah so it's like ncaa football 14 and yeah. then um cfb revamped is pretty much just like it's pretty much turning it into like ncaa football 2021 right yeah or i, I hope i'm getting it there but yeah, no, yeah it, that's, that's pretty much it they uh oh. it, it's really cool what these guys are doing too they're doing like um pretty much replacing different game assets uh jerseys uniforms uh fields stuff like that mm -hmm. really cool it, I've been shocked as well too because like I've so I'm not into sports at all. I'm not into sports games by any means. Yeah. And I've seen this mod and I'm just like, holy shit, this might be one of like the most like crazy overall like well made mods for the PS3 and Xbox 360 I've seen that truly updates and like transforms a game. Oh yeah, definitely. These guys are uh they're passionate and dedicated and they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. 
I've, you know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I, I've thought of, I've honestly thought of, because the mod is so cool, like making a uh, one or two tutorials about like how to set it up and everything. The problem is I'm just like, well, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to ask questions about it. And I'm just going to be like, dude, I don't play sports games. I don't know. I'm just showing you how to set up a mod. <laughs> and I've found that because I did make a tutorial myself and it was pretty helpful uh, in terms of the feedback that I received from it. Um, but they're, they're constantly updating it. And so sometimes it can be hard to keep up, but it seems like where they're at now, it's all pretty steady. So a tutorial would kind of fall in line with whatever's going to be released next. Right? I got you. So, um, but yeah, I think it would be received well. And secondly, there's not many great tutorials. There are some good ones, but there's not like a, the whole package tutorial that just kind of tells you exactly what to do. And I tried to aim that way, but, uh, again, after the update, some things changed a little bit. Sure. So sure. It's, you know, kind of outdated at this point. I got you. I understand. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I will, I'm actually glad I got your thoughts on that then. So that might have yeah, to be definitely. something that's made in the future. Maybe we'll see, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know even on the engineering side, you said that you've worked on some stuff on the Xbox 360. Like what, what is some of the stuff you have worked on? Uh, a lot of stuff I don't release. I just kind of do things that seem fun to me at the time. Um, but mainly uh, I've released the four gigabyte SD tool. Uh, for Corona motherboards, um, the Viper V1, V2, and the X-Flasher. And there's some other things that I just aren't coming to mind right now. Uh, but those are what's actually public. Okay, gotcha. And I know you've shown, and I'll, I'll keep private, I know you've shown me some of the private stuff you did, even from like years ago. And I was like, dude, this thing is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I know exactly which one you're talking about. And I do have an idea for it. Um I'm not going to say too much, but it, it may not even be received very well, but uh, it's um, something I'm, I'm looking into kind of upgrading and, and possibly doing something with. Okay. Okay. I mean, dude, whatever it is, I'm sure you're going to hit me up, tell me about it, and I'll be excited yeah, for, for sure. it. So it's all good, man. Yeah. And I know I've, I've seen you do some really good work with not only that, but even like reverse engineering and putting some stuff out there as well, too. Like we got the, uh, I mean, you helped open so source the Sonus 360, which I didn't know is like so hard to find now. Right. Yeah. I think uh, you actually sent me the one that I initially reversed. So yes. So yes. big thanks to that. So dude. No problem, man. Like, what have for anyone who doesn't know the Sonus 360? It's so if you have a slim Xbox 360, you turned on or you hit the eject button and it makes noises. Um, and the Sonus was there was two variants. There was one for the fats, which added sounds to them, like right. the slim, and there was one for the slims, which added a much bigger speaker and you could program custom sounds in there. Um, so just added programming abilities with louder, nicer sound quality. Uh, the thing is on there, apparently, like, I always forget this, right? Like, when, when mod tools come out, you think they're, like, so plentiful and all that. And then, like, <laughs> two years go by and you can't find shit anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like, dude, have you looked at, like, just, lo like, longingly at some of the, s some stories where people are just like, oh, yeah, I got this full, like, original Xbox, like, X3 system that has the X3CE installed, the X3CP. <laughs> it has, like, everything customized. It's like, oh, how do you get it? It's like, I bought it from a dude off of an Xbox scene 10 years ago for, like, 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah, you and see it's that like, a lot. Yeah, and it's like, are you it costs me more than 25 bucks to ship an Xbox now. <laughs> Yeah, like for a while you couldn't give these things away, and now that same system, that same type of system I described, will go for hundreds of dollars. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. It is. But uh, no, I remember Element had hit me up because you asked me if I had any Sonuses and I actually, it's funny, I think at the time I had one, I just ripped out of a system I used to use. Yeah. But I also had someone who had a stock of them and he had a lot more, but he was like, hey dude, I think you'll enjoy this. And he sent me a few of them for free, like brand new. And I was oh. like, dude, I'll do you even one better. I'm going to send you a brand new one that's never been used. I'm going to send you dead stock. So that way there'll be like, there'll be no grime, no solder, nothing on it. It's going to be a clean reverse engineering effort. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it really helped. I mean, it was a, uh, I think that was a pretty quick reverse and uh, I released it on Twitter. I think, um, what was it like a week later or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I even like if you look at the PCB, there's not like too much to it. You yeah, know? there's not a whole lot going on, and it's essentially the same thing that's on a slim console, like the motherboard mm-hmm. itself, uh, just kind of put into a little PCB form and thrown into a fat console. Yes, yeah. And then the nice thing is, I remember actually, funny enough, Johnny Guns he did a video about that because I think there was, uh, for the slim, there was two variants of it. There was like just the Sonus itself. And there was a Sonus itself with the speaker, and you really needed that speaker because if you just threw the Sonus itself into <laughs> the uh, the Slim and used the onboard speaker, it was not very good. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Now there yeah. are certain sounds you can get away with, like the uh, Star Ajax sound for um, Star Wars, the R two D two sound. That's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, that one sounds fine, but without the speaker on pretty much anything else, you either can't hear it or it sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too. I was gonna run by you. Didn't have you tried that and just heard how? Like, I mean, it sounds nicer once you set it up, but like, good God! Like when you make that sound file, the quality is so bad. Yeah, yeah it, it drops drastically. I made uh, I made a few in the past, uh, and there's one that I still preload today. If people ask for it, uh, it's kind of like a Mario theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it that one sounds kind of decent, but uh, pretty much if you throw a song at it or anything that sounds decent, it's gonna sound the complete opposite when you're finished with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because you have to like put it into some like wave format, but it's not even like a typical like CD wave. It's like a super compressed like low yeah. bit wave file, and right. then you compress it down to, like a binary file, and when you flash it over <laughs> and actually use it, it sounds so bad. <laughs> Yeah, and you've got to keep it, I think, within, uh, I want to say it's like three seconds, possibly Something even like shorter. That. that sounds about right, yeah. yeah. Uh, did I ever tell you about, like, I've only done it once, but did I tell you about the custom sound I made? No, what was it? Oh, so this might be, like, the most effort I put into an Xbox 360. It's actually <laughs> the uh, system that my brothers uh, have. I gifted it to them okay. eight years ago. Yeah, it was like eight years ago, and they they still have it. They still fire it up sometimes. And I told them, I'm like, y'all never sell this thing ever. And they're like, no, we won't. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not going to give it away. You're not going to throw it away. You're not going to sell it to someone. If you do ever get tired of it, you give it back to me because I know what's going to happen is like I'm going to hold on to it, and then like ten years later, you're going to be like, hey, where's that Xbox? I'm going to show it to you. You're going to freak out. So, also, I put too much effort into it for you to just throw it away. Like, oh yeah, um, I've been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't want them to regret it. So. Uh, no, I ended up getting for like, I think maybe like $7.50. I got a thrashed, um, Xbox 360 Jasper from a thrift shop and I ended up like cleaning it up like on the inside and out. I don't remember if I put a new case on it. I think I just refurbished it. Uh, the disc drive was completely borked on there. So I put new disc drive in there, but I did a RJ tag to it. 
use the RJ tag to pull the CD key. Well, DVD key, excuse me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going back because I was like, RJ tag was like the hot shit at the time. Oh which yeah, I ne- Now would not recommend it, but right. Um, but it works for what it is. So on this system, uh, so I did that. Did the RJ tag mod, um, which is just like a it's pretty much a combination of reset glitch hack and using JTAG like headers and stuff. You know, that sound about right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that, um, then I used that to pull the DVD key. I flashed the DVD key with custom firmware to the DVD drive itself. So we had a fully working DVD drive again. Um, and then at the time, uh, this was like, I mean, this was big at the time, but I put a 500 gigabyte drive in there, you know? Um, and then, that wasn't enough for me because they already had like a you know like a flashed xbox 360 and i was like well i mean you're just gonna get like another white xbox 360 so i want to do something a little like i don't i i tell people i'm not creative i don't have that much creative juice in me but i used the little bit i had and i pretty much said i wanted to make a sonic the hedgehog like kind of like sonic team system in a way and i wanted to make it look like something that if you just saw it in sega like at sega headquarters it just looked natural um yeah so what i did was i painted the hard drive um like the bezels well not the bezel but like the the top part and such painted the hard drive the side bezels of the console um painted them white then i painted the rest of the console and the faceplate blue and I had my friend help with a Sonic the Hedgehog, like his face, kind of an outline, a stencil, and yeah, like put a it stencil, on. Right. Yes, put it on top of the Xbox 360 itself. Um, I changed the LEDs to like different colors, like pretty much like the Google colors. When like at the time I had a Nexus 4, and I thought like yeah. the way it booted up, like the color sequence there was cool, so I changed it to those exact colors. And the last thing I did, I put the Sonus 360 in there. And I have it, so when you turn on the system, it goes, Sega! And then when you hit the eject button, it has the ring chime from when Sonic picks up a ring. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and the, the ring sound, it, like, it sounds okay, but the Sega tone, when, like, you boot up Sonic the Hedgehog, I mean, it was just old enough and crunchy enough <laughs> that it actually sounds perfectly at home on the Sony. So it's, yeah. it sounds perfect. <laughs> That's funny. It's, it seems like it would, too, the way it used to sound, at least. Yep exactly yeah yeah so it's like when when you boot up like sonic the hedgehog 2 like that exact tone that is what the sonus does on on this system right at home exactly perfect (laughs) yeah you gotta next time you're over there you gotta sneak me a picture of that thing oh dude i can i can do that even right now i'll uh i'll have to find i i think i have a video of it as well too but yeah that's a I think that was the last creative system I went with because I do like painting them and all that is so much effort. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. It is. You got to do it like multiple times. Then I remember even I was putting the first layer down on this. Like I was at an apartment at the time. I was putting a layer down and right as I put the layer down, a bug jumps into the paint <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's bound to happen at least once. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I this isn't even like a guinea pig system. Like, I care about this one. I'd already done a few others before that looked good, but like this one, I cared about. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So. <laughs> but even uh, when you were saying you started in 2010, was it just with like flashing disk drives and all that, or what? Um, yeah, that, that was probably around the same time. It may have been a slightly earlier. Um, but I was flashing drives, and obviously you had the hot swapping and stuff like that. Oh God, the ISO mods. No, I I never hot swapped. I hated that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a process. Yeah, but it, um, yeah, it's it's probably all around the same time. Okay, 
Gotcha, gotcha. Because that's—I mean—that's how I started with it as well too. I—I yeah. I think I did maybe like one or two USB mods for like saves and stuff. But like the actual hardware, like taking apart a system and all that stuff, for me it was uh, flashing the DVD drive with a uh, light touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, uh, even on that. So I mean, because I—I want to explain some of this for people who might not know. But Element, would you like to explain what the hell hot swapping was and why people did this? <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so I guess to put it as simple as possible, um, you would essentially break apart your console, uh, take your DVDs, DVD drive apart, and you would pull out a little magnet that was inside, and uh, you would break that magnet out and put in an ISO-modded disc. So this is essentially a modded version of the game that you're trying to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, we can say World at War. A lot of people back then would mod zombies. And so they would take a modded version of this game, put it on the uh, disc, and then when they'd get to a certain point and um, installing it to the actual, uh, to the dashboard, right, um, they'd pull the game out and then slap in the modded ISO really quick, slap the magnet back on, and it would start to install the um, the actual modded game. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's essentially what it was, and people were doing that constantly i mean you didn't have to have a modded xbox it was nothing special just required really to have some tools to open your console and that was it Mm -hmm. just the thing i the thing i hated about that though is like dude i don't like hot swapping that's the thing i just don't like that to begin with like if electronics are on and things are moving things (laughs) should not be unplugged and plugged live those dvds spin real fast and i know of people who like no no serious injuries mind you but people did like slice and like hurt their thumbs and fingers just trying to you know get to that uh get to the disc or get to the uh the magnet itself you know yeah and they i mean they spin really fast obviously what was it the um the ring of death on the discs or whatever the term was yeah Yeah, you just tip the thing from uh horizontal to vertical and it's gone oh yeah and it was just that horrible sound like just something like that like that horrible (laughs) sound yep Oh God, I don't miss that at all. Thank God for uh, for for game installs on there. But the the main thing with that, I remember, was like as you said. So I I kind of forgot on this. You don't technically need a modified system to do it. No. Um, but that was for a lot of people. There were people who said it was better because you didn't have to flash your disc drive. Where it's like once you modify your disc drive with like custom firmware, you can just take that burned game, you pop it in, it loads up like a retail disc, and you just right. install it. But if you either don't want to or you don't have the capability to flash your DVD drive, that's when you do the hot swap. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I. But even at this point, though, and it, it's been like this for so many years, like Light Touch is a very solid uh, custom firmware. Like, yeah. it's just it's been around since I, I mean, the last iteration of it was like 2011, 2012. I'm talking about like Light Touch 2, Light Touch 3 for the fat right. drives. I'm not right. talking about Ultimate. But the point is, those were like the last updates that were needed. And you can still roll fine. Like, no yeah. bands, nothing. Like, on Xbox Live. Like, it, it's just, it's a silver bullet firmware, really. Right. Um, but yeah, unless you're doing like mods and stuff online. But I remember even around that era, there were people who were saying, well, hot swapping is better because you don't have to flash your DVD drive. And if you flash your DVD drive, you risk banning your system. And I'm like, dude, it's really this. Like, first of all, like I know decently how the firmware works. The firmware is actually very rock solid. And secondly, like at this point, because of that, if, if you're just trying to load them up like that, there's not really a point to not flashing because you're going to run the same risk 
uh, playing, if you're playing modded games online from modified ISOs, even if your system's not modded, you're running that exact same risk. Yeah, I mean, it's basically semantics at that point. Really, uh, if you're installing it to the actual hard drive, it's not really going to make a big difference. The problem is, is when, when the band waves were happening, or mm. anytime an update would come out, you just flash back. It wasn't really a big deal. Mm. And and that was even for iExtreme, I want to say, where it was like Extreme Firmware and all the other firmwares, and then iExtreme Firmwares, those ones were detectable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was that. Uh, but once it all uh, graduated to Light Touch, then bans only for having the firmware flashed completely stopped. Like, there was always a reason for a ban at that point, but it was never just because, oh, I flashed my DVD drive and that was it. Yeah. I'm, I'm even thinking on there as well, too. There was, um, what was the other thing with it? I don't know if you ever saw this. I thought this was super cool, and unfortunately, which I, okay, I understand why it was patched. Did you ever see there was a way to hot swap without opening up the system? hot swap without opening the system yep how does that work uh so it was it was patched as i said and i think it only worked on certain dvd drives like i think it worked on the bin queue but pretty much what you would do is you would go to you popped in your world at war disc and then you would go to wherever it's at i think you press the x button so you go to the menu system there where you can play it or install or whatever and when you go to that menu system there is an no, I there's an eject option, I want to say, and you pretty much what was it? No, I, I might be misremembering. I think what it was is you had to sit at the dashboard, you had to like hover over the disk icon, and you have to press like I want to say you want to press install, so you press the Y button on your controller and the eject yeah. button physically on the console at the same time. And what it would do is it would bring you oh. to that menu to install it, so your actual retail game would pop out. And then you pop in your burned modded one, you close the DVD drive, and then at that point, it starts doing an install of the modified ISO. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I thought it was so cool. But then, of course, it got patched. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, something like that's not going to last long at oh, all. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then a lot of people, I remember, were misremembering, not misremembering, but misunderstanding as well, too. They thought that you could just, like, swap it to any other game. So it's just like, hey, I can download games on the internet, like <laughs> any game, and play them that way. But it's like, no, 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 this is very specific. This is only for tr installing modded versions of games without yeah. custom firmware and even then you're very limited to which games that you can do and which mods are available right yeah yeah no that one slipped by me completely i've never heard that i saw it in a few videos and I, for all i know it might have been fake as well too but i i heard some credible things about it. i thought it was cool like at this it, point it doesn't seems matter, like it though. could have been real i don't see why it wouldn't have yeah i mean just yeah. again it'd be something that would be patched out pretty quick oh yeah yep you already know yeah. <laughs> set like kind of like i'm thinking the whole uh I never indulge in this, but if you remember the whole like no JTAG or non JTAG or <sighs> second profile glitch games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always stuff like that in pretty much every scene. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, that was also, it was what was going on there. It was pretty much, you would have like, let me know if I'm remembering this wrong. Like you would have like an Xbox live account. Like, let's say like I did this, like I have an Xbox Live account and I paid for some DLC or a game on there and that was it. That was fine. But at that point, I would then redistribute that like that game with the account on there 
So when somebody else downloads it, like Element, he has to download from like his computer uh, my game build, but also my account with it. And you transfer those over to your Xbox 360. Again, like retail system, not modified or anything. And you pretty much have to do a second profile glitch where you kind of, I don't remember all the details, but you could either do it with one or two controllers. And you kind of have to do this whole like rigmarole where you sign into my account because my account has the license for the game. But then you have to sign out really quickly at a certain time in a certain way. And then you sign into the element account and then you're able to play. Wow, that's uh, that goes back. I thought you were talking about something completely different. I forgot all about that. Oh, what were you thinking of? I was thinking, I thought you were talking about like uh like the YouTube videos you'll see like uh you can run this no JTAG necessary type thing. Oh, yeah. That's, I know so that's what I meant about. by it. That's in every scene, but yeah, man, that goes back. I forgot all about that. That was probably actually that was probably about when you jumped into it because it, it was specifically called like non JTAG. So I think that was around like 2010, 2011. It was like right yeah. before I got into it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly like I said, that was around two thousand ten. Before then I was I was still doing modding and stuff. Like I'm sure you remember the uh <laughs> call up Microsoft, get the transfer cable. Mm, I never did that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Are you talking about like you're like doing like transfer cable mods? Yeah, basically Halo three game saves or uh <sighs> save user map mod, that's what it was. Dude, you know what? I have not done any of those. Yeah, oh man, that's uh, that's what got me into it on the 360 mainly, mm-hmm. and that would have probably been around 2007 or eight, I want to okay. say. But man, that was uh, good times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. the Seven Sins days. Oh God, <laughs> those were good days. I yeah. mean, the site's still around, but it's just like it's kind of just a shell of itself, you know. Yeah, they're they're actively uh keeping it going uh constantly adding stuff to it it's just not what it used to be a lot of the old categories are gone and just merged into uh just like a general xbox category i believe okay and uh i think if i remember correctly i was talking to one of the admins a little while ago and they were uh talking about bringing that back at least making things easier to browse and find again good because yeah. there's still like modding content and stuff on there like that's oh, all sure. fine and then oh my god even some of the fun stuff that you can find is if you go way back to stuff from like <laughs> 2004 2005 like yeah. because it, from what i know it started as a halo 2 modding site yeah i think that's what it was halo 2 yes yeah and i i, I know i've talked about this fondly many times but like the whole <laughs> you can still find the post on there how to like butter knife your xbox <laughs> Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea, but I just got a picture in my head. Oh my god, I'm gonna <laughs> explain this to people, right? So I, I heard one time I freak. There was an episode of Mod Chat where I freaked out because, uh, shout to WC anyways. He actually he posted, it and I'm just like, no way, this was a thing. So the way I heard, like, quite not the playground. I'd graduated a little bit since then, but it was kind of like a playground thing. I heard it was in middle school. I heard yeah. this. We were talking about this in gym class, and one of my classmates was talking about butter knifing and i didn't know what it was and this was so on halo 2 for a while you could take like actually you could hot swap you could take a halo 2 disc you could modify the iso and you can play those modded maps online mm-hmm. from what i know at one point there was a change made so modded maps on discs were no longer feasible so you could only mod the downloadable content maps now what people would do is they would modify those maps, put them on their Xbox. And if we were all playing online, we had to make sure those DLC maps ended up loading in. So like, let's say again, I'm the one like you and I are playing together. I'm the one who has the, uh, who has the 
the modded DLC maps. And then you, Element, you're the guy who you're wanting to play on them. So I would quite literally ask you to do this. I'd be like, hey, you need to stop your disc. So what you could, you could do is you get a butter knife from your kitchen, and I think you slide it under, like... Uh, the buzz the bezel where it says xbox on the front of the console yeah you slide it under wow. either the o or the x and you slide it in there flat and then you push down on it so what it does is it pretty much roots yeah. the disc upwards in the disc drive <laughs> you hear this awful sound because you are pretty much crunching the disc to get it to stop yeah and at that point the game is still running but when we're going into matchmaking we can't load up any of those disc based maps because your disc is not spinning so it forces us to load the DLC maps. That's so funny. That's I, I had a picture in my head of, of stopping a disc with a butter knife. That's all I knew. I didn't know you were going into it like that. That's so funny. Yeah, and I, I heard this. I remember my friend was telling me, and I'm just like, dude, there's no way. There's no And I remember I, I even went to his house once, and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, this is the butter knife I used for Halo 2. And I'm like... Okay, it's a butter it's a butter knife that has like a weird mark on it. This tells it's me nothing. It's just got Halo 2 written on it in Sharpie. Oh, dude, that'd be hilarious. But no, it was in all reality, it just had like a weird like metal looking like shim mark on it, kind of yeah. just from when it was, you know, when it, when it was disc stopped there. Right. Cuz it was called either butter knifing or disc stopping. It went by either of those names. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it was my God, it's just like, do not underestimate the ingenuity sometimes of people who are just desperate to get <laughs> <Right>. things rolling. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, dude, I'm just, I'm having such a fun time just thinking of this. I want to know what are some of your favorite mods though? <laughs> Man, I can't think of anything as crazy as that. Uh, I know, do you remember GPD modding at all? Uh, is that when you, like, you have your xbox 360 profile on a usb drive and then you pretty much unpack it in a like a computer program kind of like modio or horizon right and you actually like modify the gpd files themselves that are like the i guess game save files so to speak associated with your account yeah is that what you're talking about yeah yeah um so a buddy of mine and uh and another acquaintance of his uh they're actually the ones that found that out and um this was back when you know JTAGs and RGs were really popular, like the, I want to say Black Ops One days, because that was the first game that they did it all. And, yes, um, yeah, because because Black and sorry to interrupt, but I mean just no, for anyone who doesn't know, like Black Ops One, I remember it doesn't have actual save games. It saves like your settings, like your controller settings and stuff to a file, but your actual like it, your campaign progress and everything is saved to your profile itself to a GPD file. There's no actual save file. Yeah, I think that's what it was, and I could be misremembering this because it was so long ago, but um, the way this worked is, first, he kind of told me about it, and I didn't believe him at the time, of course, but he takes me into a game, and he's pretty much doing, um, I think they were like off-host mods of some kind, uh, with no RGA, it's just a completely retail system, and my mind was blown, I was like, how are you doing this? You've got to <laughs> tell me. So, of course, he's like, just send me a profile, I'll show you cinema profile it works i'm like wow and then soon after they released it and um that i believe got patched pretty quick but uh, it was fun while it lasted mm -hmm. it's kind of like the uh, rgh experience on a retail yeah so that was pretty interesting mm -hmm. i got you um did you actually see i think <laughs> even you're saying uh, rj's experience on retail <laughs> Did you see that you can do... I think for Black Ops 2, you can do that, like, technically on Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's horrible, dude. 
how how bad is it? I need to know. I haven't been on Black Ops 2, and I haven't played a 360 game, and I can't tell you how long, which is kind of ironic. But um, <laughs> it's probably been four years since I at least you know stopped and checked in. But it was it was pretty bad back then, and I can only imagine it's even worse with the population dwindling to what it is sure. now. Sure, sure. And and the problem is for like for anyone who does not know here, it's like Black Ops 2, you could mod it by like of course if you have a modded system, you can modify, you know, the map files and the actual in-game files themselves and stuff, manipulate them and go online. Like that's that's understandable. Right. Um but what I'm talking about is it's pretty much theater mode where you go and you find a replay. And there's there's been modded replays that have been uploaded and it's full mod menus. So you can literally go find a mod menu of your choice. And because it's all retail side, you don't need a modified 360. And you can even do this on the Xbox one because black ops two is backwards compatible. So you find the mod menu of your choice. You end up downloading this file and then you watch the entire replay. And by the end of the replay, it will temporarily this is what they call it. it will infect your account which just means that your account has now has the mods enabled until you exit the game or turn off your console and you can have a completely retail console and go online with these mods yeah and it's it's really cool i mean how it's being done i don't know like technically exactly how it's being done but the whole idea of what it is it's really cool but it is so extremely game breaking yeah. and i i can't imagine it's it's very difficult for them to patch that or fix it but you know 360 they don't really care yeah yeah and and i was even gonna say it's like ironically because i really don't like online modding but i just have to say i right. think infections from the xbox 360 has to be like when it comes to technical know-how it has to be one of my favorites i just i look at it and i'm just like who thought of this? How does this work? This is, even though it's game breaking, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and and even for that, it's like, because it, it, correct me if I'm wrong on here, Element, but it was pretty much when you would, for a while, you couldn't take uh, modified, like hard modded Xbox 360s online, but there were people who were modding Call of Duty. So what they would do is they would infect their retail systems. That meant they had a completely stock retail system, no mods on there. They had a copy of Modern Warfare 2 on the system and then offline on their same network they would have their jtag with a modified build of uh Mall warfare 2 so what they would do is you would take both systems fire them up you'd go into system link and when you do system link you would then end up infecting your retail system yeah. So it would pretty much you'd have to sit in the game for a few minutes because it would need to transfer over the files and do all the magic it needed to pull it from the modified system on your network onto your retail system. And then once your retail system is infected, you would then have the notice that you're infected. You can exit out of that system link game. And then for the entirety of the time that you have Modern for 2 fired up, or if you turn off your system, whichever one comes first, your your account is then quote unquote infected and you can go online on a retail system using uh using mod menus and all that stuff yeah that's pretty spot on that's exactly how it was yeah yeah i mean there was like the thing is with like a hard modded system and stealth servers and all that you do have protections in place and if you have the mod menu directly you can do more and you can manipulate through like you know even your computer with real-time modding and such like actually poking at the memory and all that um because that was a thing like retail systems got banned really quickly with that because you're going on with a modified system with no other types of bypasses. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like I know the landscape of how that like bannings and things worked back then has changed drastically a few times actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I I could be misremembering it, but I feel like back then KVs used to last around like a week or so, or like possibly even longer. Uh, but then after a certain update, it might have been NXE. I can't remember. Uh, then stealth servers started to become the thing, and before then, you just that's that's where that period of what you're talking about the uh, retail infections that's where that came into play where you couldn't really take your console online you would infect another retail and then take that online mm-hmm. yeah because you couldn't I, I remember you you couldn't take it online at all and that that was actually i i liked that time period that was <laughs> yeah. when i got because i again i don't like online modding when it comes to that so yeah that's when you could uh you, you could have some fun there but it was very much like at the time because i got my first rgh in like 2012 i want to say okay. and that was before stealth servers were a thing because if you remember there was a few years where you could not take a hard modded system online yeah yeah i, I like i said it's changed a few times and it's kind of gets a little fuzzy for me going back that far um but yeah i think there was a point where you couldn't take them online and again that's where the uh the whole infecting your secondary retail console came into play mm-hmm exactly yeah and i mean i still even it's not infections but i still see it even with things as well too like i've seen with black ops 3 for example uh you could technically like black ops 3 on ps4 you could technically play a modified version of it online but it's pretty much you need someone who has black ops 3 on psn and then you need someone with a jailbroken ps4 and then you're not even playing on psn it's pretty much you're just using a tunneling service. But you can technically say that you are connected to PlayStation Network playing a modified version of Black Ops 3. But it's not actually like like the actual Black Ops 3 ecosystem is not impacted because it's just a tunnel system over LAN. And there's nothing else that's go like th- there's also no infections, thank goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, people will find a way, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> my god it's just it those are those have to be some of my favorite times with modding though probably about like seven eight ten years ago or something like that yeah man back then it was for me like i said it was mostly halo 3 stuff because halo was uh that was my game of choice definitely okay. and uh it was really a bunch of like user map modding with friends making racetracks and stuff like that just you know <sighs> just different weird mods i'm jealous that sounds so fun oh it was so fun yeah i didn't i didn't have the courage to pick up a soldering iron i didn't have the disposable income for another system oh Uh, no this was again this was the uh transfer cable thing oh and see i only had one system so i couldn't do a transfer cable and i was so terrified of like uh because for a few years i wasn't into modding as much like i i've kind of always been there but for for a while i was i was kind of clean actually (laughs) Uh, i think the only thing i really had modded for a while was like my psp i just always had that thing modded like almost immediate i think it was not modded for like two months when i first got it and then i modified it yeah see with me i can't do that if i if something can be modded or exploited and there's like some public thing known, I'm going to do it if I own the system. For sure. I just, I have to. <laughs> there is, uh, I'm sure you've seen just like a really big resurgence of those uh, like really cool looking portable emulator consoles. 
um that have like android and stuff flashed on them yeah, from like china raspberry oh no i know what you're talking about yeah 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 not a that, raspberry that's been pi popular that's been really popular they've been so, so popular many different variations of it yeah so i actually got to hold one of them because one of my friends ended up buying one and uh he i he had like two super nintendo games and a playstation one game on there and like it was it was okay um the thing is though he hasn't really he just got it and hasn't really messed with it any further so it's really funny because there's two sd card slots on there one of them actually has a sticker over it because it's a sd card that comes from the factory that has the mm -hmm. firmware on there and if you do not load it with that uh sd card then the system does not boot but the problem is that <laughs> it, it's recommended to just take that out and just flash it with custom firmware and use that because even with with his system i i hope it, it's been patching an update but it has hdmi out on it right like it has a physical hdmi port on so you can hook it up to your TV, yeah. which is really cool. But the factory firmware doesn't have that enabled, so you can't even use the <laughs> HDMI port. That's funny. That's uh, yeah. what, it, what what device is that? Do you know? I'm gonna ask him, and I'll tell you. Um, I don't know. Let, let me see if it's like a. Because I know I've seen the. Uh, I think they're GPDs or GDP, maybe. I know it's you're talking about it. It's not one of those. Um, I've seen those for a while, and I've, I've thought they were pretty neat, but I can't really see myself using Actually, it or justifying I, I, getting one. I want to say it's this one. It's a RG351P. Yeah, it is that one. And he ended up getting the one where it has the D-pad up at the top as opposed – like up at the top and then the analog sticks on the bottom, which okay. he told me was kind of hard to find that one. All the ones that he was finding are like analog stickers up at the top on the left and then you know the D-pads on the bottom. It, it kind of looks like a – super small switch <laughs> really okay yeah like it even uses the like uh, the switch a b x y buttons not not the exact ones pretty similar and yeah. it uses the exact switch uh like nintendo switch analog sticks <laughs> that's funny yeah 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 so yeah it's, it's one of those he got a uh, rg351p okay yeah, yeah i'll have to look that up Mm -hmm. and i'm sure someone might even say who has one i'm i'm i wouldn't be surprised i'm sure there's a new factory firmware update that does enable that hdmi output and that's great because i mean you paid for it and stuff but from yeah. what i know it's like no just roll with custom firmware on these things <laughs> yeah that's actually what i've uh that's funny you mentioned that because normally when things become popular like that they'll you know these little communities will grow from them and then they'll start making custom firmwares and stuff and essentially making the devices better. I was messing with something like that earlier. I uh, recently just got in an N64 digital and installed Ooh. that. I want to say like two days ago. Okay. And so I've been kind of messing with that. And so I pulled out the ED64 plus it's like a Chinese flash card. Right? Yes. Yes. And uh, I believe it's using Everdrive's um, firmware or operating system on it which yep is, yep it is <laughs> it is yeah well um because see i've never had one of those i've never had an actual everdrive uh but going back to what you were talking about this thing has custom uh firmware for it you just write to it and it performs so much better than what comes on it wait really i didn't know that yeah it's um it's called alt 64 i was messing with that actually before this podcast okay. and um it has, I think, support for Game Boy emulation, um, NES, and maybe Game Gear, I want to say. I haven't looked too much into that portion of it, but uh, yeah, it's it definitely opens up the features a little bit more. 
I got you. Because I know that um, with the EverDrive firmware, because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the ED64 Plus. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it does use EverDrive's firmware, but it's a very specific firmware update because after that firmware update, it's like, you know, like it got patched, so it doesn't yeah, work on yeah. the ED64. Um, but even the EverDrive firmware, I remember, was working fine. on. Okay, admittedly, full disclosure, I have one of these ED64 Pluses, okay? <laughs> um, I only have one, but like still, I've, I messed with it. So um there's that but i know the everdrive firmware i haven't had an issue on that but yeah. when it comes to the like alt 64 plus i did not know about that and i think everdrive i was going back to that because i believe it has a nintendo emulator on there um just like a homebrew emulator that the developer behind the firmware end up making just threw on there and it's like it's okay but like you're not you're not gonna buy an everdrive to play Nintendo right, games right. on your super like like on your Nintendo sixty four, you right. know. Yeah, and um, are are you referring to the eighty sixty four plus having it? Because if I remember correctly, when I got mine, it's it had a certain version of the EverDrive uh, operating system or firmware, mm-hmm. and um, I could never get that to work. But once I actually upgraded it or um, updated the firmware on it, then certain things started working properly. And gotcha. I, I do believe this was written for the EverDrive, but it just so happens to work on the ED64. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, no, I, I am talking about the ED64. Like, I want to say it's the ED64 Plus. That's what it's called. And yeah, yeah I, I can tell you, like, the, the one I have, it has EverDrive firmware on there, and it works. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it, it's not like the latest and greatest. It's like whatever. Right. It's, it's the, a certain older version before, again. Like it is a passion. correct. Like, I got this set up in 2015 i want to say so it is at minimum six years old because even then it was an old firmware yeah that's probably around the time i got mine okay so you, this, this, this was soon after the uh because they had another version that you had to uh stick a cartridge on top for like cic information or something to that effect yeah so that's actually the one i have but i found out that mine doesn't need that because i'm playing an ntscu so okay. mine has the mine has the NTSC CIC on there, but you only need that pass through cartridge if you're going to use it on a PAL console. I didn't know that. Yep, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's actually another thing I've kind of uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I like it; it's a cool little device. But wouldn't it look so much better if it looked like the EverDrive? You're talking about like the ED64? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, redesigning the board just for myself and kind of making it fit into an actual N64 cartridge. You know, just useful, useless projects like that. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Wait, so I've never taken it apart, but does it not like naturally fit inside of one no, of those? Or? No, it won't. It's got its own shape to fit their little custom cartridge that they oh, have. But, okay. Um, it wouldn't take much. If you look at it compared to an actual ED64 board, um, you can tell they you can tell it's a clone it's just kind of a slightly different form factor okay gotcha yeah because i think the ed64 well like not ed but the the everdrive i want to say uh that one does come in an actual n64 cartridge because you could even buy like the pcb by itself and then you can bring your own sacrificial n64 cart and just plop it into the uh the plastics yeah, and when I do mods like that stuff, uh, like the HDMI mod is a perfect example. I like things to look as stock as possible, if it's for me. Sure. Right? And so having the EverDrive or the ED64 Plus uh, taking and kind of redesigning the PCB a little bit and putting it in an actual cartridge would just, I don't know, it would make me happy. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's people that are, and like I, I agree. Like we, you know, just just get an actual EverDrive 64, and yes, like yes, yes, there's that <laughs> yeah. as well too. But this is like it's just, just like it's a fun thing for me. Exactly, it's a it's a fun personal thing that is for something that you already have. So it's like it's just gonna right. be for yourself, and that's it. Right. Yeah. So. No, I mean it's a it's a cool little device on there. So I gotta know. Okay, you got the uh, the N64 digital. Is that the one from P uh, from Pixel FX? Yep. Yep. Okay, because I was, I was going to say the other one that was impossible to find was, was the, the Ultra in, HDMI. There we go. I, I want to say it was N64 HDMI, but no, it was, <laughs> yes, it was Ultra HDMI, which is like, it's funny because it just kind of went dark for so long. And then right when the N64 digital ended up coming out, that was when uh, Marshall started shipping out the new variants of the Ultra 64. Oh, really? The, okay. Yeah, I know there's I, a lot of drama around that whole situation. I haven't read into it. <laughs> or looked into I, it too much i think i don't know of the drama i think it was just with marshall like from what i know i think there was just some changes that they were going to make and so they stopped selling it and but it, they they stopped selling it for years oh they, they were so hard to get a hold of i mean all yep. you could find was uh a version of it that may be installed to a system on ebay for like 500 600 bucks or more yep or you could find, you know, just like a super marked up, like dead stock one, like yeah. someone bought one two years ago and they right. never installed it. So they sold it on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, well, it's I, I need to know, though. So, yeah, with your uh, N64 digital, how is it? I need to know about this. It's pretty great. Like I said, I installed it two days ago. Actually, I haven't been able to use it much because I was waiting on a controller to arrive, which came in today. So I probably only had about uh, 20, 30 minutes with it so far. But okay. what I've seen so far, I'm really liking it. Because mm-hmm. it actually, like, I mean, there's even Deebler and other stuff as well, too. And then it actually, it actually upscales everything, doesn't it? I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> that That's beyond my realm of knowledge. I just, okay. if I go through, I just start messing with the settings and say, oh, that looks better. Uh, not so much. And <laughs> just kind of go from there. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure it does do like actual resolution upscaling and everything on there because I've I've never seen either like an Ultra HDMI or an N64 digital. I, I've never seen any of these in the real, but like they look really nice. Um, just from the footage I've seen stuff, I do know there was there was another one, um, which pretty much got canceled. I think it was like the Warrior 64. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah i saw the uh the metal jesus video on that that, that's what i'm talking about yeah where they were i mean it was straight up like it was a it was a like the same logic the the same idea where it's like a hdmi mod but the problem is it looked like you know like one of those like 30 dollar hdmi like game system hdmi cables so and it was the from what i understand it was like the actual like the encoder chip on there was just not great for this (laughs) It was probably the most basic way you can go about doing it. Something like the uh, pound cables, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if those have gotten any better, but. You know, and those can be really hit or miss as well, too. Uh, I have an Xbox one that I used for a while, but even those can vary from console to console. And then just the the quality can really differ on there. I know I'm kind of the, the odd one out saying that, I guess, because um, <laughs> most people will, you know, not will we'll talk shit on them. But like. The, the xbox one that i've used has actually been decent although now i have the the nicer one the, the one's like 50 bucks and I, I don't remember who makes it but it's like the best like external hdmi adapter you can get for the would xbox that be chimeric 
There we go. Yeah, I got a couple Chimeric ones. And then I have, I mean, my main Xbox now, it uses the uh, Xbox HDMI, or I guess now they call it the Xbox HD Plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, when it comes to stuff like those pound cables, I don't really see a problem with it, especially if there's an improvement. And I mean, at the cost... If you, as long as you know what you're getting into, you're spending what I think it was thirty bucks is what those things used to it's, cost. It's about thirty bucks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain too much as long as there's an improvement. Then, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just 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 don't say it's like the bee's knees or something. Right, don't right. say it's perfect, but like it's it's worked out well enough. I think maybe for my pound cable on my Xbox, the only issue I was running into is well, with one point four systems, it's really flaky, and that just seems to be a, an issue with those one point four motherboards. Um, and compatibility on there and then i notice when i like record footage the colors might not look completely accurate so i just have to tweak it a little bit when i'm editing okay yeah, yeah. but i'm like well it displays it works like it, it, if you're not like a purist purist it will get the job done but right. if you're like an absolute purist no you should go for the yeah, chimeric or even i mean that. really at this point if you're spending 30 dollars, you can spend 50 bucks get the chimeric adapter that's fine but that's just and that's then only if you're spending you 50 bucks you might as well get the uh make megahertz <laughs> Uh, well, that one with the Meg Megahertz one, the Xbox HD Plus, uh, the thing is, I mean, that still requires, like, a full install, and it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot harder than just, like, it, it's yeah, not it's, impossible, no, it's certainly you. not a plug-and-play option, but, Oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm talking about the these plug-and-plays, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, if you're, if you're looking for the best quality, definitely go with one of those. For sure, for sure. So it's even funny that um, you're bringing up N64 because I was kind of looking into this and I had it on here, but uh, you do have a Switch, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you have Nintendo Switch Online, but did you at least see that I guess they're going to do the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, which will have N64 and Genesis Mega Drive games on there? Really? No, I didn't didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to say it's like... I want to say Nintendo Switch Online, it's already like $20 a year or it's like $35 for the family plan. And I don't think at this point, we're recording this on the 27th of September, I don't think they've fully announced prices. But for an additional price, like, you know, a little bit more per year, uh, they're going to have N64 and Genesis Mega Drive games on there as well. Okay. Wow, that's pretty cool. Has the... uh the nes uh selection kind of improved at all since that was announced i mean there's more games on there but like most people are not really happy whenever they add new nintendo and super so nintendo so games <laughs> yeah but i uh, i i don't play i use my switch to play the new stuff i don't really play the old stuff all fair I'll be honest yeah, yeah. But, like, I did see N64. I was like, oh, that actually piqued my interest. I was surprised right. it was N64. And, like, it's cool that we're getting, like, an official emulator on there. That's pretty dope. Um, I even want to say, let me see, like, NSO, N64 games. I Even the, the games that they're using or the games that they're adding on here are a bit interesting. I'm trying to find what their selection is. And, damn it, I cannot find where it is here. So I guess, from what I see, they have uh, Dr. Mario 64, Yoshi's Story, Winback, Covert Operations, which that one just like kind of surprised everyone. Uh, Kirby 64, Pokemon Snap, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, Sin and Punishment, that one I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, F-Zero FX, 
Mario Kart 64, Paper Mario, Super Mario 64, uh, Star Fox 64, Banjo-Kazooie, which was pretty surprising there, yeah. and then uh, both the Zelda games, uh, Ocarina okay, and Okay, there Zora's it is. Mask. I was waiting for the Zelda. Yes, yes, yeah, they got both of them. Cool, that's really cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much it's going to be. I guess we're going to have to just wait and see on there, but like... <laughs> admittedly depending on how how much it is if it's like not like if it's like, it's like a fair price i think i might just get it and it's like cool i can because yeah. I, I have a my main switch is not modified at all and it's like cool i can actually like play these 64 games on here yeah well my main switch i think day one that i picked it up was modded nice real so, nice uh, like i said when i get a device <laughs> if it can be modded i'm gonna i'm gonna try to <laughs> that's that's what i have for my uh well that's why i i do the whole you know secondary console and all that right. stuff because i have um my two switches i have the uh completely modified one uh that doesn't go online or anything and then yeah. i have the stock one which is my main one and that one will probably eventually turn to a modified system because i actually have the uh switch oled model on pre-order so Ooh, nice. i'll transfer i'll transfer over to that to get that nicer battery life that juicier screen the nicer sound all yeah, that yeah you gotta let me know how that thing goes because I, I might end up actually getting a second switch because of it yeah yeah i i will i will let you know on that yeah i'm like even that one's funny too because there was a lot of people who so so do you remember when they released the better battery life version of the switch yeah um i feel like a lot more people were excited for that and it was even people who were <laughs> more okay with it and people were even like trading in their old switches to get the one with better battery life but then i see a lot more pushback for the oled model because people are saying oh it's barely a difference and i'm like no if you're somebody who likes having like the full switch and plays it portably a lot there's actually a lot of really nice quality of life updates especially if you're someone like me who i'm rolling with a launch switch so i don't have that yeah. extra nice battery life um so it it would be nice to have those uh you know additions on there those nice quality of life updates but i i just i saw more reception to only having better battery life versus <laughs> the switch oled model which is like nicer screen bigger screen better kickstand nicer audio uh a modified dock that has like ethernet which is pretty surprising on there yeah um slightly bigger as well too i think it's like 0.1 inches bigger like the actual system overall yeah I, I don't know i think something like that it takes somebody to actually see it side by side or in person to really uh grasp it like when it's I'd something so, as far yeah. as battery life that's something they can immediately apply to themselves Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah because I, I i had a discussion with a friend about this i remember when i pre-ordered it he was just yelling he's like why there's hardly a difference <laughs> i'm like no all all the differences here actually are like worth it to me to <laughs> me specifically yeah <laughs> yeah but i you know, I think actually I can even kind of answer the question. I think it would. I think there was a lot more pushback on the OLED model because people so badly wanted a pro revision or a pro model pro. or a yeah. or a new Nintendo Switch. You know, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, it's fine. But I can tell you what the Switch Pro or the new Nintendo Switch is going to be. It's going to be the successor to the Switch. It will be the Switch Two, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, it seems like it at this point. And it doesn't help that, like, what, every month or two, there's, like, a Switch Pro something trending on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and even so, there's the whole... Um, I, I know even the leaks that were coming out, technically, they didn't make any sense, where it's like, you know, the people who actually reverse engineer the custom firmware were like, we don't see any news of these new chips on here. And even if this new chipset was used, then 
it's not backwards compatible, so all these other old games would have to pretty much be rewritten, recompiled to work on this in some way. And Nintendo's not going to be doing that. All these devs <laughs> are not going to do that. Um, so, I mean, the reverse engineers and the actual homebrew modding community did win in the end there with being accurate. But I just know people were just people were really wanting one. And even some of the really crazy rumors I was hearing about the hardware, I was telling one of my friends at the time, I'm just like, yeah, there's no way this is going to come out this year in 2021. And even with the way like, you know, the chip shortages are and such, uh, if they do make a Nintendo Switch Pro revision, so that we're calling it, uh, they're only going to make like five of them. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, they can't make like, you know, the, the volume that they're pushing. Right, right. Right now is not the time for something like that to happen at all. No. I uh, I haven't experienced it, especially on a Nintendo kind of level, obviously. But uh, as some of the some of these homebrew guys that create and design hardware, they've been hit pretty hard. When I dropped the X Flasher, uh, fortunately, I I got a, a small hit, uh, not too much, not too bad. But it didn't, like I said, it didn't affect me very much. But I know it's been tough for a lot of people, and something on the scale of Nintendo. You know, it's it's not something they can really do right now. At least sure. I can't see it being a thing. For sure, I I get that. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I'm I'm wanting to know about this kind of for myself, but even if you just want to let the masses know and everything. So, Element, you are a dude who you've said you do you know hardware reverse engineering. You'll like build these projects yourself and everything. If someone's coming to you and like in this fashion, they're asking like, I want to do what you do. Where the hell do I start? What do I do? Where do I learn? Like, what would you recommend? Honestly, today, there's just so many tutorials available on YouTube that could help you with this. That's probably the best. Really just Google and then YouTube. Okay. And then even like any start, like what the hell would you even like look up to begin with there? I'd say probably a good software uh, to start out with is in terms of uh, PCB design. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably Eagle, CadSoft Eagle. Well, I don't even. Th I think it's Autodesk now. <laughs> um, so Autodesk Eagle, and uh, really just start checking out some tutorials on YouTube and uh, start getting the hang of the software, and it'll it'll come pretty easy. Okay, gotcha. Because e even so, with all that, I mean, did you like? if you don't mind me asking are you like formally trained anyway like through school or was it the kind of stuff that you had picked no, up just in my spare time dude that's awesome yeah that's, I, I, thank you i love that that is absolutely awesome <laughs> yeah it's just really uh i think man i reached out to somebody on uh in tx a long time ago mm -hmm. and uh, i asked for just kind of a heads up what, what do i need to uh to just kind of get started just point me in the right direction uh, did not get a response back. It was uh, through the forums, DMs, and uh, eventually found my way and um, just started making what came to mind, really. I got you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I, even some of those, like, I guess some of the... Uh, what are some good, like, starter projects, I guess, there? <laughs> oh, man, that's... um. There's so much that you can make. It's, it's hard to just kind of pinpoint one certain thing. Just sure. for me, I'd say really just find uh, find something that interests you and then try and try and start on like the most basic level of that, especially if it's just your first project. Mm -hmm. You know, some type of breakout board or something. Sure. Something that you can possibly integrate into an Arduino project. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but there's many ways you could go with it. Okay. Totally valid. No, because I, I think I've even, I even said this about you. I'm just like, whenever you either like release something or like reverse something, I'm just like, this, this man is a machine. What is he doing? <laughs> like, thank you. Like, it's really awesome. And I mean that in the best way. I'm just like, Element oh, is man, a damn a machine problem. at this point. <laughs> Not a problem. Like I said, it's it's just something that's uh, fun to me. And whenever I can find some spare time, uh, like the Nandex clone, um, I yeah, knocked that out. Yeah, you cloned the Nandex. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, I knocked that thing out pretty quick. I just had to dedicate a couple days to it. And uh, one day was like me just kind of cleaning the PCB off and just getting scans of it. And uh, then the next day was just tackling the board. Okay. And it, it was just a couple hours just full on. And uh, okay. that was it. Gotcha. I, uh, first try, I managed to get pretty much everything spot on. I missed one one little ground trace, and uh, that was it. And is it one of those things like you like got the PCB fabricated and everything, and you just didn't know until you like put powder to the metal, and then you had to like trace it back and see what was That's wrong? It, yeah, I think I even messaged you about it. I think so. It was uh, I got lucky because I found it really quickly, but something like that. And I'm sorry, it wasn't a ground trace. Um, because that it has a com it has a common ground on it, so I think this mm -hmm. was like a three volt or three point three volt trace, and mm -hmm. so something like that can be a little difficult to track down if you're not if you expect everything to just work correctly. But mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, I was able to find it in like fifteen minutes, ten to fifteen minutes. Jesus Christ, your machine! I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just pure luck, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he, I, and I think thankfully for the Nandex, you don't even have to. I mean, once you build the hardware, you're all good because you don't even need the like the firmware is just freely available, and you can just right. flash it to the device. Yeah, you've always been able to just update the Nandex with new firmware that they provided you. So, yes, uh, really, all we needed were just the um, the Gerbers. Mm -hmm. That's it exactly because i'm even like i right now i just i have to look i'm looking through your uh github right now and just like the popular repositories you have so you have you've cloned the the nandex which was prior to the x flasher in my opinion it was the best uh nand programmer for the xbox you know what? 360 uh probably mm -hmm. i guess a good place to say it here there were actually better devices than that we in america just didn't really know about them wait are you so, serious i'm dead serious there's a uh, I've been talking to a guy that it turns out he used the exact same chip I'm using on the X flasher, just a different version of it, different variation. Um, mm -hmm. And it's pretty much identical to the speed. It's not something you can find or really even purchase anymore, but I did manage to get him to send me out a couple. Okay. It's a, That's... it's a French chip and um, they were really popular in France, but I don't think they really broke out very far from there. I, I wonder why. I'm not sure. They were. Um, it was a chip by uh, Glitch 360 team. I, I think it's what they're called. Okay. And uh, they've made a few things. They've made some glitch chips. They've made um, uh, SPI flashing software, um, which I think it's called the Glitch 360 SPI. So that's the chip mm -hmm. I'm referring to specifically. It's in terms of speed, it's much better than the Nandex. It's identical to the X flasher because again, it's using pretty much the same chip I'm using. Wow. Yeah. I, I you have to wonder why like Team Executor didn't use these was it just for like cost or what? Um, at the time probably it wouldn't have been so much cost. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Hmm. I mean, it's there, there's other things they could have used, you know, I guess, besides yeah. what they did use that would have been better. But uh, honestly, the chip that they used there was already a, a known development board that people were using. 
mm-hmm. and uh, with NAND Pro, the software. And I think they just kind of tweaked that a little bit okay. for the NAND X because I can point you to it. Um, like a development board that's essentially a NAND X before the NAND X was released. Kind of like I'm thinking like the Cool Runner, how there's literal, there's quite literally a right. Cool Runner chip, and you could use that and like modify it slightly and use it as a glitch chip for reset glitch hack. And then Team Executor end up just kind of making their own very specialized for the Xbox 360, and they called it the Cool Runner. Exactly, just based yeah. on the Cool Runner dev board yeah there we go yeah because there's an actual dev board and there's team executors which is still a, a dev board in a way but still right just a more uh specialized dev board exactly but they call it, they even called it the same name that just yeah. like, cracks me up oh geez um and actually on the nandex topic there was a uh, team maximus i think i want to say it was maximus not matrix yeah it was maximus that had uh i and i think i even told you about this uh it, it was a nand flasher in a little blue case and i thought at the time i thought uh they just copied the nand x but uh talking to somebody that goes further back than me uh he says no this actually came out before the nand x and it's identical so huh add to that it's uh i guess all just based off that one dev board that was out there and being used interesting okay yeah so hmm, maybe some of the stuff from Team Executor wasn't as original as we always thought. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem so. And uh, actually, if you look at a lot of their chips, like I'm not trying to like put down TX. They've done a lot of great stuff for the 360 yeah, scene yeah. and the and the Switch scene. I mean, if you want to get into that, but um, uh, yeah, they've they've contributed so much. But uh, it's just over the years, I've just kind of noticed things like uh, certain chips are all using the same uh, chips, even the same layout. I don't know if you remember at one point. Wasn't that the like the DGX and the RGX were pretty much the same? Yeah, and, there was and like, like another... the Slim Proto versus the uh, DGX and stuff like that. Yes, it's all essentially yeah. the same thing. And I want to say it was like RJ Tag versus something else as well too. So. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny because a lot of those, I think the Slim Proto, uh, the very first version that was sent out to people, it was really just a DGX with the header removed, I think, and um. And it, it had, had a it sticker. Had the sticker. Yeah, yes, it had yes, a sticker it had, over it. It and had the sticker. Were, <laughs> yeah, people were asking in the forums, like, hey, what's the deal with this? Did I get a Slim Proto or a DGX? They said, just ignore it. I mean, because visually, you can look at it and tell it's the same thing. So they really, said, just ignore it. <laughs> just ignore that. I mean, so all, they, all you really had to do was just flash whatever timing file they gave you. But in them doing this, it allowed them to have more control over uh, their products being cloned. Uh, yeah. Really, it certain people could have done it like if josh was around back then that little beast could have done it oh yeah um but yeah i mean really it was just down to timing files after a while gotcha i i know when it comes down to it as well to um uh, team x i mean they they did a lot for the xbox 360 um but even when it comes down to just i'm thinking of the hardware they they really just kind of kept rehashing hardware and keep kept re-releasing yeah, at a certain, certain point they and, weren't as innovative i guess as yeah, they initially it, were and dude like one of the, like the best chip like still one of the best chips it's the it's a freaking cool runner rev c and like why did they stop making those they're so good yeah they're, i mean it's yeah. i'm not sure yeah i feel so like we, i have to ask you here on the podcast um did you ever hear anything back about the ode 
Uh, the last thing I heard was actually, it was just what I revealed in that video. So for anyone who doesn't know, I did a video talking about the, uh, team executor XODE, which was an optical drive emulator that for years, team executor said for the Xbox 360, ODEs are an expensive way to get banned. And then like right at the end, like near the end of the 360s life cycle, they decided to make their own ODE and it looked real slick. Cool. I'm sure it would have been the best one in all honesty, Without but but then they, they canceled it, and when it came down to it, yeah, I did contact Team Executor just asking if they would be willing to open source it, and they pretty much said, they're like, we're going to ask and see if we can open source it. Uh, we can make it, but the thing is, it just wouldn't sell at this point, and it's way too expensive to make such a small batch of them. Right, at this um, point, and, there'd be no, no reason. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did have a call to action on that video, even just asking, like, hey, please contact Team Executor, just ask about this. Uh, I never heard anything. I didn't try to contact them again. I never heard anything back. Okay, well, yeah. there's the update. Yeah. And, and, and and now their websites are dead, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why that happened. Oh, I'm not sure why that <laughs> happened either. <laughs> oh, man, it would still be nice to have that stuff open sourced. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be manufacturing it. And I don't think anybody's asking them that. But uh, it would be cool to have like some type of 3D printable option and, you know, have the hardware yeah. created. Well, that's that's why I was asking about it, because I was like, you know, maybe out of just some goodwill, would you all be willing to open source it or do something there? Because when it comes down, like, I, I'm not dumb. I understand it's not going to be profitable to right. do something like this. Like you, At the time I made the video, like 2019, 2020, like it's not going to be profitable. I totally get that. Right. Um, but it's, from what I know, the hardware was done and even the firmware was done as well too. And they just shelved it because they said, well, it's too late into the life cycle. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. Really just Which, down to bad timing. They didn't jump uh, on it. Well, soon it was, to be honest, it was their own fault for bashing ODEs for years. That's why they didn't release one because they're just saying, no, like, getting these unlocked drives and buying our tools to flash your systems and everything is going to be the better way. And getting an ODE is just an expensive way to get banned when honestly it was like, it was, it was fine. Like yeah. ODEs were fine. Yeah. That was never an issue. I mean, look at the, um, what is it, the, uh, X key? No, X key is still running smoothly. I think the oh, only yeah. time they hiccuped was, uh, when anti-piracy 2.5, uh, got updated and, xgd3 like that whole thing and right. they were way ahead of c forever when they got that up and running again so even with that i i think it was it was actually because it was parroted from c for commodore forever they were the ones who said that yeah i i have an ode like i have an ode system it's not going to help you like i still got banned on it and ode is just an expensive way to get banned and then everyone just ran with that yeah but i like like you said oh, i know a, people there's a who... lot of stuff people ran with like the uh clone chips for example i don't know if you remember the uh switch i mean there's been a few switches on the website but i'm talking specifically about um uh if you mention anything about going online or stealth or anything you would be you know you'd be banned without warning uh, and, uh i I know you're talking, yeah, because uh, Team Executor is very, like, anti-online, and then, like, after after they changed ownership, that's when, remember, they partnered uh -huh. with uh, Xbox Live uh, Xbox Live Ninja? Yep, and that's exactly yeah. what I was talking about, and then all of a sudden, one day, you go to the forums, and boom, there's just a big stealth banner at the top. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Uh, people didn't like that, obviously. Yeah. Because for, for so many years, they were so adamantly against, you know, going on Xbox Live. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, 
things change. That's that's what happens, I guess. And now Team Executor's websites are dead. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So so actually, even with this, uh, I was wanting to know, I, I do typically talk about this at the end of these episodes here, but, uh, you know, I know you're very busy and you're probably the type of person, your game is actually modifying and messing with the systems now. But for anything that you might have been playing, like what games have you been playing recently, if you've played anything? I'll tell you what. It's been a long time since I've played a game. I've uh, Before what I'm about to tell you, uh, probably the last time I played a game was Breath of the Wild. And before then, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But here recently, I've been playing a lot of Splitgate. How is that? It's so fun. It's it's kind of like got a nostalgic vibe to it. It's really just like a Halo and Portal mix. Okay. It's that's, pretty cool. That's what I've heard. It looks It looks quite good. Yeah, it's it, it may be for you, it may not be. It's something that people just have to try for themselves and see if they like okay. it. Okay. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, what else have you been playing? Or has it just been split gate? That's it. That's really it. And okay. whenever I have some time I'll probably jump on some split gate and that's about okay. it. <laughs> no, that's fair, that's fair. For me, I'm uh I'm actually I'm still doing my ring fit adventure. Like I, anybody who's listened to this for a minute, they know that I've been trying to do it you know monday through friday i've actually been i've been sticking to that Uh, there's times like there's weeks i might miss a day but i typically do it every day monday through friday and it's funny because it's like i play that but that's not really like in my mind it's not a game it's exercise even though it is a game so it's it's both but it's not um so i've been playing that um i've been playing destiny 2 as well uh my girlfriend and i have actually been playing that together uh but we both also don't want to pay for any of the content on there so we're kind of just trying to stretch it as much as we can for free which is starting to get kind of hard yeah i uh i got into destiny 1 just a little bit they hadn't really played any destiny 2 so dude i was uh oh my god so i was so pissed when i started playing destiny 2 because it literally it is the at the beginning the first few hours it is the exact same as the first destiny the way it starts the missions the maps everything is the exact same and i was just so mad when i was playing i was like nearly seething i'm just like you're telling me that they made an entire sequel and it's the exact (laughs) same thing as the first one (laughs) that's funny i didn't know that yeah, and the the problem is too is that with because you you didn't play that much Destiny once so you're you're not jaded on it but like the thing is with the first Destiny, the problem that people had is that I played the alpha, awesome. Uh, I played the beta, awesome. All right, cool. We get like the first area and we get the moon, and, and you know it's like it's it's kind it's a little bit boring in beta right now, right? But like you know it's gonna get better. Like the retail game is gonna have more stuff. Then you get the retail game, and you realize that if you've played two hours of Destiny, you have played the entire game. At that point, the game just loops. It's the same thing over and over, just in different um, physical areas. Ah, uh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, and that's why when I had that with Destiny 2, I'm like, good God, this cannot be a repeat. You're telling me. <laughs> like, no, because Element, I'm not kidding. Play two hours of Destiny and then play two hours of Destiny 2 but from the beginning. And it's the exact same. Exact same, huh? It's the exact same. And, and granted, after about an hour and a half, two hours, then Destiny 2 starts changing. Then it gets better. And people have been telling me that the story's better. I don't care about the story. People are telling me that like <laughs> the cutscenes and the info is better. I, I, like, I haven't been paying attention to it is the problem. It's just coming. Just wait. It's coming. It's like the uh, 
Game of Thrones dragons thing. Well, well apparently, oh yeah. Well, apparently, it's it's all there. It's just I haven't been paying attention because the, the shooty shooty is actually quite fun. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, this cutscene is boring. Oh, let's skip it. Ooh, now we get to shoot things. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I've I've been playing a decent amount of Destiny Two. Um, I'm trying, you know, it, it's funny. Like typically, I'll have like my Switch here on the side, and I'll pull it out and see what I'm playing. But oh, Delta Rune! I decided to pick that up again because um, it's the prequel to Undertale, and they just released Chapter Two, and it surprised me because after a few days of releasing on PC, they end up porting it to Switch. I thought it was going to be a lot later, but Switch. I also don't remember much of. Deltarune Chapter 1, so I'm just going back and replaying Chapter 1. Never heard of it. Is it like a platformer? Uh, RPG. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know of Undertale? I do not. Uh, RPG as well, too. Um, it might be your thing. It might not. Just like Splitgate. Um, I'd recommend giving Undertale a shot, though. Uh, I know there's probably going to be some people rolling their eyes, cringing, grimacing. <laughs> and I'll say this. Look, I think Undertale is a fantastic game, and I very much enjoy Deltarune. I do know that apparently a lot of people hate the fandom for Undertale. I don't know about this. I have on purpose not paid attention to the fandom. I'm talking about the game itself. And like the game itself is really, really good. So I am able to separate the art from the fandom completely because I'm completely ignorant on how bad or annoying the fandom might be. Looking at it here, it looks like it's got an interesting art style. Yes. Yeah, and the humor is great and like if you're if you're wanting like a interesting RPG that's a few hours long and it's just like it's going to, you know, make you laugh, maybe make you feel um give you the choice of how you want to play it because you can you can literally go through the entire game without killing anyone uh or you can just, you know, kill everything or you can kind of just <laughs> do a mix of the two. Um and the very different ways of how the story unfolds, plays out, all that stuff as well too, but yeah, I'd recommend giving it a shot, man. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah, and I, I think Undertale's on pretty much everything. It's on, like, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Uh, it's not on mobile, but it's on Vita, if you're going to play on Vita. And so Deltarune, is that something where uh, you'd probably have to have played Undertale to really kind of get it? or? I would say in? so. I would say so, yeah. Uh, okay. Deltarune is going to... It's a prequel, but I would really recommend you play uh, Undertale first. Yeah, okay, I might check it out. Yeah. Right on. Um, yeah, because there, there's that. And I know so far, at least this is only from when I played Chapter 1 of Deltarune, I liked Undertale overall. I liked the theme and the story and everything. I liked that more. But Deltarune does have a much tighter and nicer combat system than, than Undertale does. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's kind of give and take, however you want. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So... I think those are kind of, and I've I've picked up some other. I picked up WarioWare on Switch. I played about maybe thirty minutes of that, thirty minutes an hour, something like that. That was fun. I also picked up Cruise and Blast, which that is just, dude, it is such dumb fun. That's how I can describe it. And is that basically like uh, like the Cruising series, like Cruising USA, Cruising? World? That it, it is the exact same series, man. It's the latest iteration. Um, the only thing is, uh, do you remember? Like, have you played it in arcades? Uh, yeah, and in the um, N64 too. It's I was actually oh. playing it earlier. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I from what I the N64 port from what I know isn't isn't as good as it. Uh, I have fond memories of it, but no, it's not as good as the arcade version. 
That would, that would make sense, I guess. But like, okay, so do you remember at the arcade you would slam down the, the accelerator pedal twice and you do a wheelie? Yeah, yep. I'd <sighs> flip over the car in front of you. Yep, it's so fun, and I forgot about that until I did it in Cruise and Blast. But I'll say, man, it's not the same. Really? It's not. It's not. Just double no, tapping the button. Dude, because you're sitting like in, you know, like a racing chair. And yeah, then like, yeah. I'm like a kid at the time. You're just like slamming this thing twice versus now I'm just like, oh. Double tap A. Oh, it flipped. Cool. Yeah, see, so. for me, it's the same because, you know, I played the arcade version and I played the N64 version, which the N64 version, you just double tap A and then you do the same thing. Yeah. So, but it's definitely, it's not the same experience by any means. Yeah. It, I mean, it works for home. I, I get it. I don't have, you know, racing wheel and pedals to hook up to the Switch, nor would I really want to, to be honest. <laughs> right. But, like, I'm just, I'm playing, I'm like, oh, this isn't the same. <laughs> Yeah, my own fault though. I gotta, I gotta process it. I gotta work through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, at, at the end here, I, I kind of want to wrap this up. Um, but I guess uh, element, if there's if there's anything else you want to say, feel free on here. Otherwise, like, where can people find you online if they want to know more about you and follow the shit that you do? Um, honestly, I mean. I haven't been very active on YouTube recently, but uh, when I have projects that I feel is worth videoing, I'll throw them up on my YouTube channel. It's just the Mod Shop uh, Co. And okay. uh, Twitter is where I, I post the most often. Again, not so much, but whenever I do want to share something, it'll be on Twitter. Uh, the Mod Shop, I think it's dot co spelled out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and I'll I'll put uh, your YouTube and your Twitter. I'll just put them linked down below in the description if that okay. works. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I mean, the last, last thing. So typically what I try and do is I try and pick a keyword or a key phrase. So what you and I will be able to do is we'll be able to look through the comments on the YouTube upload. And if somebody uses this keyword or key phrase in the comment on the upload, we'll know that they made it to the end. So now, Element, since you are the guest here, uh, I'm actually going to pass it off to you. What keyword or key phrase do you think people should use? Let's go with, uh, how about hot swap? Oh, God. Okay, cool. We're going <laughs> to be hot swapping that. comments at this point. <laughs> you, did, you did that to torture me, didn't you? Yes, sir. You know, I don't like hot swap. I heard you rub your hands together like Patrick and Jesus Christ. Oh, that's okay. funny. You heard that. Yeah, yes, I heard that. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Okay, so begrudgingly to my, to, to my feeling here, we're going to use the word <laughs> hot swap. Have you hot swapped a hard drive on an Xbox? Have you hot swapped a a disc drive like a a DVD for you know a modded Xbox 360 game? Do you like hot swapping? Do you hate hot swapping? What about butter knifing, <laughs> dude? What if you know? I'm just thinking. Like, I mean, this this won't make any sense to do, but like, what if um when that Xbox Live revival project, you know, I don't insignia. What if when it fully comes back? people are butter knifing on there. how would that even work they like you'd have some people who are playing like you know the just have a, Halo button, 2. a button in the gui that just says butter knife no 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 i'm talking about you're gonna have people with stock systems and they're actually shoving butter oh, knives yeah. into them yeah yeah. yeah 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 no like what if people actually do that <laughs> oh man oh, God, i think we broke element there <laughs> Oh my God. Well, 
that that's about all I have for this. Element, you got anything else to say to the kind folks listening and watching? Uh, that's it. That's about it. Right. Right on, right on. Well, I, I do, dude. I want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to chat up. It's been, it's actually been a real fun episode with you. Yeah, man, not a problem. It was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, this is uh, as I always say, this Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month. <laughs>